Welcome everybody to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we talk about building time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. And today I am so excited to share with you Stephanie Walter. And Stephanie is the CEO of Airbay Wealth. Um, She specializes in syndications. Um, She's a large scale investor and they've invested actually $80 million um, in real estate over the last four years. So prior to that, um, she had an insurance agency for about 15 years and recently sold that. And so we're going to talk about investing, syndications, and we're also going to touch uh, a little bit here on 1031 exchanges because I know a lot of people have questions about is that about that as well. Um, so we're so excited to have you. And why don't you just share a little bit more about you? Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, my my story is uh, probably like a lot of people. I started, you know, um, it in the W two world, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, had uh, did that for about uh, eight years, and uh, kind of got to the point to where I was given a raise of about two percent, and was told that was you know the best that you know I could expect, and went home and really thought about it, talked to my dad at the time and was like, dad, I can't believe I'm going to, I mean, if I'm making 2% for the rest of my life, I mean, what does that look like? And he was an entrepreneur and actually my grandfather was an entrepreneur straight, um, came over from Germany and um, ended up starting several businesses. And so he, you know, encouraged me to go ahead and and become an entrepreneur, which is what I did, and uh, became an insurance agent for about the last, yeah, fifteen years. Uh, I always loved real estate. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but um, I would I invested a lot in single family homes around the Denver metro area all along, and then in about two thousand sixteen, I realized that I I wondered what investing in apartments would be like, or getting a little bit bigger. And so I went to like, um, oh, an informational seminar. And Mm -hmm. in that seminar, they explained what a syndication was. And I was blown away. It was like, you know, the heavens shone down. I knew this was what I should do. I loved love the concept of a group of people buying something that no one could do on their own. Uh, Just loved it. So from that on, I just, you know, really learned the business, closed on my first syndication in 2018 and uh, realized I absolutely would never do one of them by myself again and connected shortly thereafter with my partner who loves to find the deal. He, you know, loves to negotiate the deal. He's, um, he's really fantastic. And I found that I really love to raise money. I really love to work with investors and um, Mm -hmm. raise capital. And so with both of our skills like that, we uh, started purchasing, you know, real estate and, um, I, what I've loved the most about it is really learning about what wealthy people do with their money, because that's, um, changed my life in the, in the sense as I've repeated what a lot of them do. And I was able to sell my agency in July of this year and mm-hmm. I could be retired, but I, I just love what I do so much. I, I, 
I would never consider it. <laughs> so I know you had mentioned, you know, kind of started out with single families. And, and I know there's a lot of people that will be listening to this that have always wanted to get into investing. And some people say, start small and you can you can get bigger. Some people just say, why spend your time small when you just jump right in? But talk about your progression here from um, your early beginnings here to how that grew so people can kind of understand that and see like, okay, here's here's a path that I could potentially follow. Well, my goal was, well, real estate for one always made sense to me. And I know there's probably two two sectors of people, one where real estate makes a lot of sense and the other people think, um, no, it's it's just, make, I'm going to put all my money in the stock market. Right. So for me, real estate always made sense. It's tangible. It's, you know, it's in an area I can know, you know, in Colorado anyways, I could really have an idea of where the growth was going to be and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. my goal at that time, and that was in 2006, when I started doing that was I wanted to buy a property every year. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of the goal was, and I was single at the time. So I had a little bit more flexibility in the sense that of my lending, I could um, purchase the property, live in it, you know, for a year and then move on to the next one and, mm-hmm. and do it that way. Um, I got married about half you know, a few years in. So then that, that kind of threw, threw that plan off, but Mm -hmm. it was great for me because I got to, you know, I threw myself into being a landlord, uh, and that, um, I was just, I learned a lot of things doing that and a lot of things you learn the hard way. So I don't know that I'd recommend doing it that way if you could do it differently, but I just didn't know there was another option out there. Um, to invest differently. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of my goal was I was just going to invest and hold on to them for 30 years, have them be paid off, and then I'd have money coming into me. So were these um, <clears throat> kind of all in the same general area? The first mm-hmm. couple that you did there is is in the kind same of. spot and you'd kind of pick, okay, now I want to live in this area. Uh-huh. And so you rent out the other one and then go buy the next one? Yep, exactly. I really liked the area in Colorado is called Sloan's Lake. And when Mm -hmm. I was purchasing in Sloan's Lake, it was very, not yet what it is today, but it it, um, was kind of on the, I know my um, real estate agent I worked with to purchase them called me the the slumlord of, of Sloan's Lake. I was not a slumlord, but he just felt like that area was not a good area. But sure enough, it, it it's it, it's come along, and so yeah, I had a really good feeling about that area, which was just west of Denver, mm-hmm. and um, and it did end up, you know, developing into you know a, a fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as my investments went there. Well, that's interesting that 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 neighborhood changed because I still remember um, when I moved up, I grew up in a small town and I moved up to Minneapolis and St. Paul area. And my dad always told me about, you know, where when he lived up in St. Paul, there was this area that was really bad. And and I think he even told me a story about how I, I, I don't know if he it was him or a buddy, but they woke up in the middle of the night and somebody was in their house stealing their TV and, and it wasn't good. Well, the funny thing is, is 
you know, from when my dad lived there to now when I live there, it had totally changed. And it was kind of the yuppie area Mm -hmm. now where there's a lot of, you know, young professionals moving in and there's a lot of shops opening up and and those neighborhoods can turn and change. So it's kind of having an eye for how is this neighborhood going to change over time? And, and yeah, you can, you can benefit from that. Yeah. There's a lot of risks associated with it. Um, and yet you, you get to reap the reward as those, those neighborhoods turn like that. Correct. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then moving on from single family, where kind of, where's the the next evolution there? Well, once I, learned about syndications. I, uh, I was, like I said, I was really, I loved the idea of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to put them together. And that was kind of my goal was I'm going to, you know, I closed on my first syndication in 2018 and, um, realized, you know, this is, this is, I love doing it, but I needed more help, which is why I got my partner. Um, and then I could focus solely on raising money. But what I really noticed was once I started working with investors and some of them are really wealthy and some of them are, you know, just, uh, you like an accredited investor. So someone that just has a net worth of a million dollars. So, mm-hmm. but I, Notice that the really, really wealthy people invested in these in these syndications like almost solely. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting. And once I started like examining my own rental properties that were sitting, you know, um, parse, you know, had gotten a lot of equity in them, mm-hmm. but weren't necessarily cash flowing a ton. And by just realizing that that money probably should be spent in these syndications to where I could be getting, I mean, in our syndications, uh, we give at least a 20% annualized return. So Mm -hmm. that's like, that's kind of a no brainer. So as I um, realized that I started repositioning my money Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to say that syndication definitely opened a whole new world for me, but my wealthy investors really showed me how to make my money work for me mm-hmm. and, and give me that cash flow that a lot of people just don't think of. But I think even the bigger thing is that I sleep really well at night. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I had a lot of rental properties, you know, when the weather would get cold or, you know, just, I, you know, I was out of town. It seemed like every time you're out of town, something would happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that call at two in the morning and just, you know, it's not, (laughs) it's not something anybody wants to have. So Mm -hmm. with investing in syndications is people, you put the money in and you have a professional team that manages it. So you don't ever have to deal with anything and you, you just get your, your cash flow every, every month. So that was, once I started doing that and rolling my money into that, I was like, this is, this is where I want my money to be because I don't have to have that stress anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't realize what a stress because I was a landlord part-time. I didn't realize kind of what a stress that was until Mm -hmm. it was gone. (laughs) Yeah. So then just to kind of recap for folks that maybe have heard of syndications, and I know you kind of dug in a little bit deeper, you know, instead of, of you being the landlord, you being the potentially the property manager and getting all the calls, it's a professionally managed group 
where they take care of all that. And essentially you're just saying, take my money and you want to align with good people, right? Cause there's, right. there's syndications out there that, that don't work as well, but um, it's professionals doing what professionals do. And so you get a chance to just say, um, here's my, my money. And it, it kind of depends on the syndication, how much money you can put into it. Um, but you're, you're essentially just putting your money with a group of people and, and you're getting more of a return. Yeah. And that's, and I think it takes, that's definitely a mindset change um, because I've always been like, I need to do everything myself. I need to manage everything myself. But if you, I mean, we're talking about people like my partner has almost 40 years of experience in Mm -hmm. um, real estate. These are some of the best minds if you can find the right syndications that will be running these deals and they are running them because they want you to invest with them again. So they want to give you, you know, 20% return, you know, to mm-hmm. where you can double your money in like four, four years and then do it again. You know, mm-hmm. that's their goal. So they're working to get the best best return for for you, which I hadn't experienced. It was just me working by myself, <laughs> right? Um, trying to do what I could do with my single family homes. So what kind of, if, if I'm new and, and I'm hearing how awesome syndications are, how do I get started? How do I find people? And then kind of what are the financial requirements to get into one? Yeah, the syndications are um, the ones... <laughs> It all comes down to team. And and that's actually something you learn from the wealthy people as well, is that they they do their due diligence on teams that they work for. They look Mm -hmm. for teams that have an excellent track record. Um, For us, we're going on our seventh syndication where we have returned, you know, never returned less than 20% a year on Mm -hmm. our investments. Um, But yeah, there, there are you know, some moving parts, but I think starting with the team and, and learning what they're, what they've done and -hmm. what kind of track record they have is the most important thing, but to do most syndications, you have to be accredited investor. And that just means you have to have a net worth of a million dollars, or you make like $200,000 as a single person or Mm -hmm. 300 or yeah, or three hundred thousand dollars as a a married person, mm-hmm. and that that's the qualification. And then as to each investment is a little bit different, but I would say in general, you'd need to be ready to to put in about fifty to a hundred thousand. So so then, kind of shifting gears a little bit because I know I mentioned that we were going to talk about this. Um, 1031 exchanges. Cause I know I get so many questions from people. They don't know what it is. And this is an area that you do have some knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to just tap into that for a second. So, um, so real quick, talk about the 1031 exchange and why that is beneficial for investors. Yeah. 1031s are great. I find there's just a, a for most people, there's like a cycle of where they, they buy uh, maybe one or two or three investment properties and they run them for a period of time, but then they get to that landlord fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. and they're just, they're done. I mean, mm-hmm. when they are done, they're done. They want out. And, um, but then they're like, well, if I sell this, then I'm gonna have to pay all these taxes as a result. 
And there's actually several tax strategies that the wealthy people use, 1031 being one of them, to where you can sell your property and um, you can basically, after you, after you sell it, you have about 45 days to identify a property, a replacement property. Now mm-hmm. that can be, that's where people get confused. It really can be anything. It can be any, anything, land, it can be vacant land, it can be mm-hmm. apartment buildings, it can be retail centers, it can be basically industrial, it can be any type of real property. So it's, a lot of people think, oh, well, I have to I have to roll it into another house, another rental. Right. Like I have a single family. Now I need to get another single family. Yep. And the, and you don't necessarily have to do that. And so then you, you have that 45 day period after you close on your home to identify a replacement property. You can re- mm-hmm. even, you know, you can identify up to three properties and then you have from there, you have 180 days to close on the property. Now, a lot of people come to me and want to know if they can do that with syndications. Um, absolutely. You can do that with syndications and mm-hmm. um, it's, it means then that you have no tax liability for selling your property. Now people ask me, well, is that what you did with your rental properties? I say, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the only reason I is because when you get into this world, there are lots of different tax um, tax strategies that the wealthy use. Since I was around a lot of wealthy investors, I learned a lot about cost segregation. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, you know, we probably don't have time to delve into it um, super deep here. But just in general, it's when we purchase a property, we get an engineer to come out and do a study, which is called a cost segregation study. And basically what we're doing is we are um, accelerating depreciation. We're in mm-hmm. uh, by accelerating depreciation on a property that's worth like $10 million, $20 million, it ends up being an enormous tax savings that rolls over equally to all of the investors. And because of that's the way I did it, I was able to not ha- even have to go through the trouble of a 1031 exchange. I just talked to you know my partner and was sure that I would get enough tax segregation um, mm-hmm. to offset my tax liability. Probably way too confusing, but... <laughs> Um, just to let people know you have options. So don't, I hate to see people being stuck, being a landlord when they hate it. And just mm-hmm. know that there are a lot of options that you can do to get out of it. Yeah. And I think the key is, is yeah, talking, talking with a CPA, somebody who understands tax um, at a level higher than we do, right. and just asking what those options are. Because yeah, if, if, if landlord isn't your thing and you want to get out, yeah, you don't want to have a taxable event if you can, if you can help it. So there are some other opportunities there. And, and yeah. like you said, if, if landlording a, a single family home or a townhouse or something like that isn't right, you can put it into a different type of class and still experience those tax benefits. So it's not like, well, I don't like this house. Now I got to sell it and get a different house and still do the same thing. There's opportunities there. So I think that's something that that people need to hear. And, and if you look at the life of, you know, as you're building wealth, to not have those taxable events is huge. It's going to save you a lot of money that you can pour back into more and more property. 
And that is a key of what you just said is that one of the keys of the wealthy that I've learned is they are not concerned solely with how much they're going to make on an investment. They are looking several steps ahead as to seeing what their exit strategy is and what their tax liability will be. And by doing both of those things, that's why they get wealthy. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to quick ask another thing, because I I know that you've covered this in in videos on your website, Um, self-directed IRAs. Um, because I know that people also have questions about that. Cause as as you talked about, right, like I can invest in real estate or I can invest in the stock market. And some people feel it's maybe like an either or type thing. So if I've been, um, you know, contributing to my, my IRA, my 401k at my, at my, uh, employer for a long time. And I was like, gosh, I've saved all this money. I now want to do something with, um, real estate potentially, um, there are self-directed IRAs that are out there. Can you talk about that for, for a little bit? Yeah, that self-direct IRAs would apply to, okay, if say you've, you have an old IRA that's sit, or 401k um, that's sitting, like that so you change jobs and you yep. have a chunk of money that's just sitting there. And um, if you don't want to cash it in or, uh, you know, liquidate it, the I think the best thing that you can do with it is turn it into a self-directed IRA. You just contact a company that Mm -hmm. does that super simple. All it means is like, I'll, I'll use my brother-in-law for an example is he had one that was just sitting and he put the money into one of my first syndications. And uh, he, then what happens is the cash flow comes back to his IRA custodian. So he never, gets the cash flow that that mm-hmm. is the bummer of it but he the cash flow goes back into the self-directed IRA but mm-hmm. the benefit now is we're going to sell this property and he has doubled his money in 3 years so he's going to get all that profit going back into his IRA um, with no tax implications whatsoever mm-hmm. and then from there we've found another property that we're you know, a small group of us are going to invest in. And so he can take all that money and put it into the next one and then mm-hmm. potentially double that money in um, in the next, you know, we're hoping for the next three years. So mm-hmm. it's a great, it's great. He'll, he will blow away what his, what his stock portfolio can do. So yes, if you have that option, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. And for those folks that maybe aren't as, as savvy with investments, I know, um, you know, when our, when back when I worked in a W-2 job and the, um, the employer said, okay, here's the stocks that you can pick. There's people like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm just choosing this one because it's what, it's what my friends said that they were going to choose. And I mean, if you think about it, like, okay, so maybe we get eight, 10, you know, maybe 12% um, returns and, and you're talking about 20% returns. Um, you know, that, that's the advantage of, of doing something like that is, is you, you can control what you're doing. And if you align yourself with good people that are making good decisions, um, 20% can grow a whole lot faster than, um, than 10%. And, and one of the things that, you know, I've, I've taught in the past is they talk about the rule of 72, which is, um, if you take your interest rate of return, um, and divide it by 72, that's how many years it takes for your money to double. So, um, you know, if I was getting 9% interest, um, that would take eight years to double. If you're getting 
20% interest, that's three, three and a half years to double. Um, so what, what's in it for me? Why would I look at a self-directed IRA is if I could make 20% returns and I'm comfortable with the team that I have and, you know, moving forward versus, you know, something like eight or 9%, um, my money's going to grow a lot faster. And so that's why you want to look into potentially looking at some self-directed IRAs over just keeping your money where it was and the stocks that you chose 15 years ago at your past employer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell people. Actually, it's it's interesting. The wealthy people don't invest largely. They don't have 401ks um, because they for for lots of reasons. But there, it's, there's a lot of unknowns, like what you're saying, your stocks or your main. A lot of times it's mutual funds. There's mm-hmm. <clears throat> hundreds or maybe thousands of companies in that mutual fund. There's no way you know everything about that. I want to tell people that you you can do this. I think people get very intimidated, but look, you look at a team and you look at their project. Uh, mm-hmm. Their project tells the story of what they want to do and boom, you're investing in that. They're, that's what they're doing. You're not investing in you know a mutual fund that has how many different companies wrapped up. You have no idea who's running any of those companies. So mm-hmm. I think you know bringing it down it's a lot more simple to invest in these types of things once you can wrap your mind around it. And one of my favorite investors, um, I love him. He said, you know, 20% returns, Stephanie, I'm, I'm happy with 20% returns, 20% returns will make me wealthy every day of the week. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that not only the wealthy should know these things, but you know, everybody should be able to to get into this type of investing or at least be open to to dipping their toe in mm-hmm. yeah so for folks then that uh, you know that are like gosh there's just so much here um, you know you've you've obviously you have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience um, if they want to hear more from you or, or learn more about what you're doing how can they how can they reach out to you or how can they find out more about what you're what you're working on Yeah, sure. We could go to, you can go to my website, which is www.erbewealth.com. And there's so much information. I'd say the first thing you could do is go, when you go to the website is you can pull down our newest investment report, which Mm -hmm. is the five reasons that passive investing might be for you. But while you're on the website, there's a ton of content, um, a lot. I did a series of videos that where um, I get asked the most common questions that mm-hmm. investors tell me, you know, ask me on a daily basis. And I made like a, a group of videos so you could learn about, you know, the most commonly asked questions that I get. And, uh, yeah, just a, it's a great resource for information. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I I appreciate you sharing. Um, there's, there's so much to learn. And I think the, the thing that we want to leave people with is, um, it's all figure outable, right? Yes. And so if, if people are like, oh my gosh, self-directed IRAs, 1031 exchanges, syndications, there's just so much there. I don't even know what's what, um, take some time and learn, right? Cause at the end of the day, um, this is your future. This is your future income. And so, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work for you to figure this stuff out. But once you do like, like for you to, to now 
know about syndications, like you said, it was a, it was a game changer for you. Um, took all the weight off of your your plate of being a, a landlord and just being able to focus on higher end stuff and to to kind of get out of the day to day property management. It's worth it, right? And yes. so it's it's worth learning this stuff and figuring it out. And you're certainly proof of that, and and all the investors that you're working with as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, awesome. I agree 100%. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate sure. it. Thank right. you. Bye.